You're listening to Why Always Us, a Manchester City podcast brought to you by The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined by Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hello. And as City's appeal at the Court of Arbitration for Sport is now underway, this week we're going to look at the implications of the case, and there's plenty to get our teeth into. Don't forget, with football's return, you can also get all of the great content around City and the rest of the Premier League from The Athletic with a 30-day free trial. Sam, what's on the horizon for City this week? I mean, it's, there's a lot of cast stuff, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, there, well, there's a lot of cast stuff going on, but... Not an awful lot is going to come out of it. Other than that, I've been working on an article on Juan Malio, the incoming new assistant to Pep. It's shaping up pretty well. I just need to speak to a couple of people about that. And um, a couple of other things. Charlie McNeil is a young City player. He's left. Um, he's really highly rated. I was told about him, I don't know, probably 18 months ago, maybe a bit more, for someone to keep an eye on. So, Is he, is he the one with the ridiculous stats? Yeah, exactly. All, like like I tweeted the other day, all I ever heard was that he just scores loads and loads of goals. And you know, I think like one of the young football, young footballer kind of Twitter accounts put a number on it as six hundred over the last few years for the city and England youth teams. Um, so yeah, I mean, somebody told me about ten days ago that he was leaving, and I was like, wow. And I asked, we asked around, we couldn't really stand it up, but he has he has now left. Uh, it's been reported that he's going to Leipzig. Um, I was happy to believe that, but at the moment, I'm kind of... Well, we're looking again. I'm not, not sure about that. There's some other British clubs who are in the in the mix. So I'm going to do something on him, just his situation. Not a, you know, not a... Oh, another, another young player's leaving City kind of thing, because uh, there's a few different circumstances involved in this one. But it's mainly because he's scored so many goals. And, you know, if it is a move to the Bundesliga, which it may not be... Um, that would be particularly interesting. And the other thing, which is more of an idea now, but now I've said it, it might interest a few people. I might look at how, how, why Puma make their kits. The whole process. <laughs> the whole process. Who do they speak to at City? Who comes up with the ideas? Do they not, you know, do they not look at some of the, the concepts that fans make and think, yeah, that looked good? You know, just the whole the whole thing, because now, now City's kits for next season are, are really coming out now. We've seen pictures of it without watermarks all over they are real they are printed um i think yeah it's obviously a talking point among city fans and if i get a chance which is a big if with the premier league back next week that's something i'll definitely like to look at lovely stuff um i'm I, something i'd definitely be interested in as well given the state of some of those kits that i think they've, uh, they've got for next season um if you yeah. want to try before you buy on the athletic then you can currently get a 30-day free trial with the promo code man city pod so Sam, I think the first thing to get straight into with the uh, situation at the Court of Arbitration for Sport is, is kind of outlining how we've got to this point. So I mean, what what is it that, that City are accused of at the moment? Well, that they've been found guilty of at the moment. Yeah, well I'll try and keep this brief because I think a lot of people would will have a good idea by now, but obviously we do need to, we can't just assume everybody knows. They were found guilty of, according to UEFA's statement in February, committing serious breaches of financial fair play regulations. And the key bit is by overstating sponsorship revenue in its accounts and in the break-even information, which is you know all the all the documents they need to submit to uh, to UEFA to be able to play in the Champions League, and UEFA put this period as between 2012 and 2016, which I'm sure we'll get to later. Um, the the UEFA panel that decides the punishment, so not not the the panel that investigates, but the panel that hands out the punishment, they decided that City failed to cooperate with the investigation as well, which uh, may have a bearing on how severe the punishment was. And of course, the punishment was a ban from the Champions League 
uh, for two years and a, a fine of around uh, £25 million. So I was going to say, this uh, when it comes to, to the current books... This is this is nothing to do with the with the um, certainly from the Guardiola era sort of thing. This is we're talking Mancini and Pellegrini era. Yes, it's it's back then. Um, I mean, the extent to which you could argue that it still had an effect. You know, would Guardiola have been able to call on such a good team without these alleged um, sponsorship inflations or whatever? You know, that's kind of another another debate. But basically, the more pertinent thing I think is that yeah, these are. The investi- UEFA's investigation relates to a period from more than five years ago and a previous settlement. And the interesting thing is, which a lot of City fans have discovered, and you know, it's it's something that City will almost certainly be be highlighting at CAS this week, is that according to UEFA's own statutes, they are time barred. They are not allowed to look at anything from more than five years ago. Anything that's happened more than five years ago, they can't look at, and they can't look at. A previous settlement and obviously in 2014 City and UEFA reached you know a settlement when City breached FFP the first time and that was obviously a 49 million pound fine which was later reduced and a reduction in their squad size for European competition that may well be something that gives them some success but I've spoken to some legal experts on this you know to do articles and try and give give fans an idea of how successful these kind of arguments are likely to be. And the important thing is they all mentioned that Cass will listen to this case or hear this case de novo, which effectively means they'll consider all the evidence and look at it as a whole. And I I think if I can put that in more layman's terms, it's rather than in little separate arguments like, oh, well, you're time-bide, you can't do this, or the emails are hacked and stolen, you can't do that. They may look at the whole thing and say, well, that may be the case. But City did, in our opinion, break these rules. So UEFA were entitled to go back and reinvestigate it. Um, that's just how CAS works generally, according to these these CAS experts. So um, it may not be the best route for City to go down, but those are the kind of arguments they're likely to make. I'm kind of torn on this. It's difficult because I do think if you're not allowed to reinvestigate it, then why have those laws? But morally i think it's important to actually look you know if somebody's committed a crime six years ago and you can't look past five years it's it's worth looking at it in my opinion i that i think that's where i that's where my coin lands but it, it is a difficult one i was going to say on that though do, do you wait for not say that uh, they feel they were misled by city in that initial investigation yeah i suppose another important kind of definition here is this isn't so much about you know when we think about financial fair play it's about clubs you know going over their their limits you know there's clubs making big losses or bigger losses than they're allowed to and obviously with the UEFA it's called the break-even requirement so there's a few little you know stipulations but basically if you're spending more than you're bringing in then you're going to fall foul of FFP but this isn't about that it was in 2014 because for various reasons which we're not going to go into now maybe another day hopefully never (laughs) City just went over their limit their their limits basically they were spending more than they brought in for whatever reasons. And I know people have their own thoughts on that, but that isn't even the case now. That's not, nobody's saying necessarily that City have um, spent more than they've got. They're saying what they've got is they shouldn't have is obtained uh, illegally according to the rules or yeah in contravention to the rules. But then obviously, if you go beyond that and that is proven, you could then look at it and say, for argument's sake, if eight million 
of the 65 million sponsorship agreement with Etihad came from Etihad and the rest came from the Sheikh and that's against FFP, then City would have made losses. So you can go into that later on. But yeah, you're right. What The big thing is really that the idea is City have you know, overstated the income. They've misled UEFA and that would tie into the whole settlement in 2014. So again, Cass may look at it and say, well, there was this settlement agreement in 2014. UEFA, by their statute, shouldn't look at it. But it was an agreement... You know, on you know, on false grounds, and there's new evidence. Potentially, we don't know, but if it's found, then there's new evidence to justify that. So it is very complicated, and you can see why it's such a big legal battle. You can see why it's a three-day hearing, which is quite rare, because it's 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 black and white on both sides, or it, even if it's not black and white on one side, like I say, the the fact is UEFA can't reinvestigate this according to their own statutes, but UEFA would make a pretty strong argument that they should be allowed to. City say all along that they've done nothing wrong and they, um, they, they've they quite strongly denied the, uh, the, the UEFA's findings and UEFA's allegations. Um, what what do we know about their position other than that they deny it? Basically, everything Ferran Soriano said in that interview is their stance. And that interview, of course, after the, the two-year ban was announced, was basically saying look, fans, you've got nothing to worry about. We'll sort it out. We've done nothing wrong. We've got irrefutable evidence, which City said in the statement, and which is a very important part of this case, something I'm very interested in finding out. Um, they say they've got this irrefutable evidence that they've done nothing wrong. So, yeah, you're right. They have had a strong stance against it the whole time. They've always said they've they've not been to blame. They've also said that UEFA haven't presided over a fair process and there's been an abusive process. Um, some arguments like, well, UEFA initially said that they would ban City and the process has ensured that they've been able to and therefore it was it was an abusive process. But I think that's a bit of a dram- dramatisation on City's part. I don't think UEFA actually ever said that, that they were going to ban City. It was more of a, well, if they're found guilty, then they will be banned. UEFA, it's, it's never like UEFA stated publicly that they wanted City to be banned and then they ended, they ended up making sure they were. They just said, well, you know, if they're found guilty, then they'll be punished, which... If you know, if you found guilty of murder, you're going to prison. It doesn't mean you're going to be found guilty. <laughs> um, uh, City, um, does City have a case on on the fact that the emails were leaked? Because a, a lot has been made about whether the emails are admissible or not. Yeah, it has. A lot of it's um, been made, and so again, this goes. This falls under the same umbrella as this de novo way of looking at it. So, Cass may decide that okay, yeah, well, you got these emails. They were illegally hacked or whether they were hacked or stolen or illegally obtained. But generally, I think, not just in this case, but in others, that's not been a a problem for Cass. And also, with it being looked at de novo, they may say, okay, well, they were, but at the end of the day, they have uncovered um, illegal in terms of UEFA statutes, um, illegal behaviour, so fair enough. Um, But the other side of that is, it's been claimed recently that UEFA aren't leaning on the emails at all. Now, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but it's been claimed recently in an article and perhaps in others that UEFA aren't using any of the emails whatsoever and they've got their own evidence. Now, I'm kind of sceptical of that in exactly the same way I'm sceptical of City's irrefutable evidence. And by sceptical, I mean, I want to see it. I I can't wait. Well, I mean, it's going to be a nightmare when, when they drop... (laughs) <laughs> when Cass drops these, this full document with everything in. But I am looking forward to seeing what this irrefutable evidence is the city say they've got. And I'm looking forward to seeing now, if it is true, where UEFA have got their evidence from, if it's not 
the Football League's Dash Beagle emails and documents and articles. Well, um, both City and UEFA wanted a quick resolution to this. Obviously, the, the pandemic threw a massive spanner in the works when it came to, to getting a, a solution when the ban was announced. Um, you mentioned that a three-day hearing is unusual for CASA. Like, what what do we know from the, the, the kind of case getting getting heard at this stage? Because uh, there, was, there was a whole issue with Premier League teams and, and European qualifications as well, wasn't there? Yeah, um, there was a story as well that Premier League teams had written a joint letter to say that City shouldn't be allowed to say, well, can you let us in the Champions League next year while we sort this out? And I think as football fans and probably people at the clubs as well, I think we're very sceptical now and very cynical when it comes to these appeals because when it comes to transfer bans, obviously a lot of clubs have said, oh, okay, well, we'll appeal then. And then obviously they've got the summer to buy the players they need and they're all right. But that's not really the same as Champions League. Obviously... There's a matter of the income. But I don't think at any point City have actually tried to to delay it. I, I might be wrong on that, and this may come out in the wash, but I don't think City have tried to delay it to say, OK, well, we'll apply, but can we have one more season in the meantime? It was always important for it to be sorted out as soon as possible. But now it's, it's impossible to know because, OK, it's been heard this week. We might not get a verdict until August, which is kind of the latest reports. But if it wasn't for the pandemic, I think it's probably likely that the hearing would have been around now anyway. Maybe the panel would be able to push their their verdict forward a little. Maybe they'd be able to come to a conclusion before the middle of July and that would have been in time for the start of the Champions League. But maybe not. Maybe it does take as long as it takes. Maybe it does take until August. And if there wasn't a pandemic and the Champions League was starting proper in, well, the draw would be made in August then it maybe would have caused a lot of problems for those teams anyway. But now, the situation being what it is, the Champions League this season won't even be finished by August. Um, and the talk is now, they, UEFA are even considering pushing it back until towards the end of August, so they might even be able to get fans in the stadium. Not Presumably not a full stadium, but obviously the idea is to have the remaining games of the Champions League held in one city. It might be Lisbon, it might be Munich. But anyway... The Champions League probably won't be finished this season before the verdict's out. So those clubs will have their clarity on it. But if it wasn't for the pandemic, maybe they wouldn't have had that clarity. Well, let's talk potential outcomes of the case. Um, because in terms of best outcome for City, it's obviously the, the ban is overturned. Uh, they say they've got an irrefutable body of evidence. Uh, so like, what happens then when they've said that if, if they're not successful? Well, they won't have a leg to stand on, I guess. Um and the thing is, like Cass, Cass is kind of the ultimate body, and I think there have been appeals against Cass in the past, but um, generally that's on like procedural grounds. So there's nowhere really to go. City could go to the the Swiss federal courts as an appeal, but that's pretty unprecedented, and I, I don't think it would get to that. I mean, it would have to be. I think you'd really have to get into conspiracy territory here if you were thinking that Cass had conspired with UEFA, I think, you know, I think, I think the, the document that Cass eventually release will be very comprehensive. It will include everything that was put forward by both parties and what was judged by the, the, the three judge panel and why. Um, so yeah, if City don't, if City aren't successful, I, I would say to answer your question, the way it was put, they haven't, haven't really got a leg to stand on, I guess. Um, 
I'd say, I'd say I'd say certainly as a, as a fan of the club, I would feel because because of the way that City have spoken about how they of um, about how that about that irrefutable body of evidence, and like you said before, fans shouldn't need to be worried. I'd feel I'd feel disappointed. Well, yeah. Um, well, this this is the thing. This is the kind of the anguish in my voice. I'm trying to work out how how it would play out, how how the split would go. Because I think, yeah, there would be a lot of fans who would think, who maybe even before now haven't thought, okay, my club has, has done wrong. Maybe they would think, okay, yeah, we're banged to rights there. I don't think that will be hundred percent of the fans. I think there will there will be still a lot of fans who think. It was unfair for whatever reason. I mean, and that may be predetermined. You know, there there may be certain fans as there are fans of other clubs and as there are people in life. And, you know, we, we, with the situation in the world at the moment with uh, the pandemic and Black Lives Matter, there's there's certain people who who are kind of stuck to their, their beliefs already. And, you know, the, the, the evidence isn't going to change that. So there, I'm sure there still will be plenty of fans who feel that it's a stitch up, basically. But, yeah, to go back to, to your question, what what would happen then if City aren't able to overturn it and this this evidence doesn't materialise or this evidence isn't actually watertight or legit or anything, then from the City side of things, it's going to be very damaging for City. It, it's kind of going to be, I, I don't know if we're talking asterisk territory because like we said earlier, it's kind of, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe we are. And I'm not saying that's what we should be, but from fans of other clubs, like reputationally and all, all you know, chairman and, CEOs of other clubs and other leagues, they will have a very strong opinion on this. Um, and they will obviously use the fact that City are banned for two years if they are, or even if it's reduced to one year, as evidence that they've they've cheated the rules. Um, and that is something that a lot of fans are going to have to reckon with, I think, because if, if, if City fans thought they were under attack on that night in February when it came out, um, I could I could understand that to an extent in terms of well, you may not believe that your wafer process is fair, but I think if Cass eventually deems that it is fair and they can prove that, I think there's going to be a, a bit of a reckoning for a lot of fans. And I think for me, I've kind of stayed out of it, opinions-wise. But I think for me, if that was if that was the case, and it's like, well, you know, we can't say, oh, what about this? What about this anymore? Or what about let's wait for this? If that is the case, if the if the ban is upheld, even if it's reduced to one year. And I think there's going to be a reckoning for a lot of people, and a lot of people are going to have to realise that the situation wasn't as the club was saying all along. But obviously, I don't think that's going to take away from the fact that a lot of people are still unhappy about FFP, what it is, and and why it is. Well, I, I was going to come on to this because what on, on the flip side, what if City win the case? What if what if City's appeal is successful well, and they're in the well, Champions League for the next well, let's two seasons? Be, well, let's be completely fair, because that's not me. What I've just said, that's not me having a go at City fans or kind of airing some kind of grievance. That's just how it is. And the other, yeah, the other side of that coin is, can you imagine? Can you imagine if City walk out of this? Now, look, as I mentioned before, there's certain people in this world who are sticking to their viewpoints anyway. So if City have got irrefutable evidence and Casco, God, yeah, that's brilliant. Fair play. And, you know, all of this comes out and everyone can read it out in the open when Cass published their judgment. A lot of people are just going to say, oh, well, yeah, they just bought off Cass. Because that's just, you know, that's just the kind of childish argument that people will make. And some people... That's football, just, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So exactly the same as I said about City fans not accepting it. There will be fans of rival clubs who won't accept it either. But, in, you know, if we're talking about a sensible reaction, then if that if there is this irrefutable evidence, then, I mean, for a start, a lot of people are going to either look stupid or be made to look stupid because 
there's going to be a lot of like celebrations, I would guess. And we know we know about the relationship between the media and football fans, not just City fans, but football fans generally at the moment. There's, and in fact, media and people, you know, just members of the public. If we look at the, the the coverage of the pandemic and that poll that showed trust in the media was down, so there's going to be a kind of there would be a lot of backlash against people in who reported in the media various things over the years or or, or voiced their opinions on it over the years. Um, I think that could get very ugly. Um, I'm sure fans would defend that again, saying, well, you know, they've not been treated fairly, but I'm sure that would get very ugly. Um, and I suppose another element of it is, in terms of people looking stupid, then you've got a whole list of those, like I say, chairmen and CEOs, other clubs and other leagues. You know, Javier Tebas, for one example, has always been very strong against City. If City could actually prove at cast that they've not done anything wrong all the way through, then these people would have to take their medicine and it would be incredibly embarrassing for a lot of people. Um I mean, the tone of my voice giving this answer is a bit more like, wow, because I, I, I have to say I do think this is more unlikely. I do think it's more unlikely that City would be able to produce this evidence and have the ban overturned and be in such a position where basically everybody who's ever doubted them looks stupid. I do think that's more unlikely. Um, the other, the other that kind of outcome of this, which is kind of in the middle, which obviously City would hold up as... Well, they might hold up as vindication. They might not. But is if if they get it overturned, but it's not because of this irrefutable evidence, it's maybe because of a procedural error by UEFA. It's maybe because they couldn't look at the old statutes. Because, you know, it, it might be possible because when City went to Cass at the end of last year to try and get it thrown out, Cass's verdict was ultimately that they couldn't rule on it. You know, they ruled against City, but they said, well, that's because there's nothing to actually appeal against. So... This, this is there's no point in having this hearing but in their in their reasons they did say we do have some sympathy with city it wasn't like undoubted 100% distilled sympathy with city but there was a bit of okay yeah we see what you mean with that now if they were to overturn the ban for city based on those kind of procedural arguments and basically loopholes i would say probably the simplest way to explain it you will still have uefa and you will still have, you know, all these fans and chairmen and whatever of, of other clubs and leagues saying, hold on a minute, that's that's a technicality. And I I would be interested. I know a lot of City fans don't agree with this because the only time I've ventured an opinion on this was to say it wouldn't be enough for me personally if City get off or get it overturned on a technicality. I would want City to prove they've not done anything. I think, obviously, I'm not a fan, so I can't really speak for fans. But if I were, I would to use a cliche, be able to sleep at night if I knew that the club hadn't actually done anything wrong and it was all unfair. That is the middle ground there where nobody's going to be happy. It's not going to be a resolution in terms of the public fallout, in terms of the coverage in the media, the terms of what other clubs and leagues think about it. You know, So even if City were to get it overturned, there would still be very much this element, rightly or wrongly, from everybody on the outside that it's still tainted and, and all of this. So it it will rumble on in the terms of court of public opinion, but then it, there's not really anywhere else for it to go beyond that because I do think an appeal to the Swiss courts by the city or UEFA is unlikely. You mentioned before the the prospect of it becoming a one-year ban. I mean, is that is that on the table? Is that a possibility given that City are not appealing the sentence, they're appealing the actual judgment? Um, well, I mean, in other cases, and a lot of... A lot of FFP cases at cast, it's all about proportionality. So clubs have been able to argue in the past that, well, you've given them 
a fine and you've given us a ban what's all that about and castle said yeah what is all that about and they've either said right go back and sort it out between you or well we'll just downgrade downgrade the punishment from a a ban to a fine so that so that, ele- that element of meeting in the middle could happen yeah it could do and i mean they they could even cast i don't know maybe if they're feeling mischievous maybe they could say we'll go back and sort it out between yourselves and, and reach a, and settlement on this um but i mean it, i think from what i hear and from what i understand of it all it it could be it could be reduced to one year there's people who think uefa went quite high with it so they would make sure that it gives them a better chance of sticking a punishment on city if they give them two cast might just get put it one but if they if they give them if they'd given city a one-year ban they'd probably be fearful that cast would take it off altogether and they actually do want a ban so maybe there is that element and maybe uefa know they've actually acted disproportionately but they don't really mind because they do think it warrants a ban and they would actually be happy with 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 a one-year ban the other side of kind it, of like again, a, is, a big massive game of chess sort of thing yeah exactly but the other side of it is maybe they do think well hold on we've been through this already you misled us then you've not cooperated with this investigation we've got this evidence let's for argument's sake devil's advocate say uefa have got this evidence they probably they might be able to argue and they may well argue that two is two is enough they may be able to argue that they might well they may say well we even considered three but we thought two was fair enough. So there is there is the potential for it to come down. But um, yeah, why UEFA handed out two, whether it was because they were just strong arming them a bit and they just wanted to make sure a one-year ban would stick, or maybe they think two would stick, we don't yet know. Let's, I mean, other potential outcomes from this then. It, it, like, in terms of, of City's previous titles, you've, we, we know that, that the Premier League could act. Could they have titles stripped from them? I'm not sure about titles stripped. I think... I'm not saying a point deduction would happen in the event that they're guilty or that a point deduction will happen, but I think that's more likely than titles being stripped. A lot of people, most people, I would say, have gone on the basis that the Premier League have got their own FFP rules. And if City have breached UEFA's FFP rules, then the Premier League will investigate and act. And that's true, they are. But the difference is, as I mentioned earlier, with UEFA it's more like break even. So if you know, if you're if you spend ten million more than you earn, then you fail it. But with the Premier League, you need to spend much, much more. You need to be making huge losses, like more than a hundred million pounds. So it's complicated here and I can see myself going down another rabbit hole. But if all this is proven by UEFA and for argument's sake, City were only getting eight million instead of sixty five, if they can somehow prove that all of those sponsorships were inflated and they can take off the amount that came from the shake they may be able to say or it may be implied in the in the hearing that city would have actually made for argument's sake as a hypothetical number 150 million pounds of losses in 2016 so then maybe the premier league would go oh okay well you're definitely over then this has been proven in a cast so we're going to punish you for that and then that's when we start getting into I don't know, probably not titles being stripped, but maybe a big points deduction. Um, so that's that's one element that people are always looking at, the FFP angle. But the element that I've I've heard of by speaking to these um, legal experts over the, the course of this is there's a section in the Premier League handbook which says if a club is found guilty of falsifying a document in support of an application to play in the Champions League or Europa League, they will be subject to disciplinary hearings. Um, in the Premier League so 
even if City get the ban reduced to a year, basically if City come out of cast and they've been found guilty and the ban has been upheld to any extent, they will have been found guilty, presumably, presumably, and maybe this is something that would go into another court case with the Premier League, but presumably they would have been found guilty of misleading UEFA. And, you know, in their if their accounts um, and are basically falsified to ensure they meet the break-even requirement and therefore ensure they get into the Champions League, if they have falsified those documents, that is a breach of Premier League rules and the Premier League could go after them or will go after them for that even if the whole FFP side of the Premier League isn't viable. By all accounts, so far, a point seduction is is definitely a possibility from the Premier League. Um, but that would be this season. Well, would it? Or next season, whenever... It? Exactly. Uh, yeah. it kind of, I suppose it depends on the timing. When are we going to get this, this verdict? And if if City are investigated, and maybe this drags on, because the thing is, maybe that drags on. Maybe it's not quite as simple as the Premier League saying, okay, well, that's a fact, we'll do it. These things are likely to take a while. They will want to make sure that they've got a strong case because they probably know City would appeal against that and City would maybe say, well, that's not proof that we, we falsified the documents or we dispute that or whatever. It, it could go on longer. So maybe this is only just sorted out in December and the Premier League's been going on for two or three months. And there's no other way of looking at it but to do a point deduction for the current season. And and the current season being the next one, if that's when it is. Uh, I mean, we don't know how it would work, but if they kind of combine an FFP one and this falsifying documents one, then, yeah, um, more you know major problems down the line if it, if it comes to that for City. But like I say, that is on the basis that, that the ban is upheld. What uh, a kind of final point on the whole on the whole thing. What what do the players think? Do we know if we heard from any players what kind of how they're feeling? I've always kind of said that it's it's a split basically. How you feel about it, you know, if we work for the same employer, how you feel may feel about the employer's actions and how I may feel about it and my loyalty and whatever will will differ from person to person. So some players will use it as a good opportunity and not in a cynical way, but they might think, well, I think I've mentioned this before. There are certain players who want to who you know have got a career plan and that is you know Real Madrid or Barcelona or whatever and they may think well I was thinking about going there anyway when I was 28 29 whatever 26 City aren't in the Champions League for a couple of years um it's a good opportunity so you know that's just a reality of it um you, you may have people who have never thought about leaving and they still don't they think well I'm not bothered like Aguero might be like well Maybe Aguero doesn't play in the Champions League again beyond this season, but he's thinking, well, I've got a year left. I might sign another one, but it doesn't matter. You know, I've done it. Don't worry about it. Uh, You might have people who want out anyway and go, well, I'm definitely out then. Um, You know, it depends person to person. But yeah, I think the best way is to just refer to what players have said on the record. And I suppose the best one is Kevin De Bruyne, really. Um, I don't think that supports any particular agenda that people might think I have. I just think that's an example of a player who always speaks pretty honestly, given his viewpoint. And like I say, not everybody will feel like that. But if you're worried about City's best players, of which Kevin De Bruyne is probably in the top one, um, he has said um, that, you know, if there is a ban, two years, maybe they could live with one. If it's two maybe have to think about it. So it wasn't the big dramatic thing that a lot of people made of it at the time in terms of, oh, De Bruyne says he's going to leave, which is how I've seen it characterised by by some fans or some people who didn't read what he said properly. But that's, I think that's probably the best way of summing it up. You know, he's he's unsure. One year, yeah, okay, I can live with that. Two years, I, I don't know. May, you know, maybe we have to have a look. Um, I think there, there, may have, there may have also been reasons for him saying that. 
it's time for a new contract, basically. Not necessarily because he's getting to the end of it, but just because of how good he is, and that's just how it works. It, it is time for a new contract, and I think, um, yeah, I, I think he kind of wants his importance to the team reflected even more so. Um, so there is that element of it, but I, I do still think what he said um, is probably the best indicator. It's uh, it's it's so interesting, isn't it? That that so much hangs on this verdict in August. I think is uh, is, is ultimately uh, uh, the the message from from today's show. Um, but that's it for this week's Why Always Us. Uh, you've been listening to Sam Lee. Uh, thanks. I hope I hope you've managed to stick with all of that. It's been it, it, honestly, Sam. It's been enlightening. So um, oh, it's it. yeah, it's it's worked for me, uh, and I've been David Mooney as well. Uh, if you'd like to get some ad-free podcasts, then make sure you subscribe to the Athletic and listen through the app. You can get a thirty-day free trial now by using the code Man City Pod. Mm-hmm.